Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Today's guest, Jordan Tiamo, former Ole Miss quarterback. In the guest co-host chair, it's Brian Haydad, my buddy, my buddy from down under in Starkville. But yeah, Haydad, what's up, man? I feel like I should do like an Australian accent or something. Hello, mate. Oh, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Oh God, how are you? I'm great. Good to be back on the, on the show with you, renewing the greatest rivalry in sports journalism entertainment. Yeah. This this podcast could be one of the biggest nights in the history of this business. So what's life right now in Starkville like? For me, it's great. It's hot. I'm sure it's the same in Oxford. But things are good. Had a great podcast of my own today. So over you can catch it at supertalk.fm or wherever you get podcasts on Thunder and Lightning. We had Jake Mangum on the podcast with us. He sat with me and uh, Joel Coleman for about 90 minutes. And, man, we talked about everything. So really, really good stuff. And, uh, yeah, things are good. State gets blown out by Auburn. Ole Miss loses in blowout fashion at Alabama. Five years ago? Number one, number three. I saw it on Twitter over the weekend, and somebody put up a picture of the Sports Illustrated cover, Mississippi Madness. Mm-hmm. And the tweet basically said, if everyone just could have kept their mouth shut, and you and I talked about this at the time, Yeah. remove yourself from either side of it, Mississippi football was in the best spot it had ever been in, and for some reason, Mississippi just can't have nice things. It's the story of the state's history, to be totally honest with you. And, you know, why, why not let it play out on the football field as well, I guess? You look at these two programs, it's just a mess, isn't it? I think that with Ole Miss, you, you had to be pleased and, and, and excited about the young guys that you got to see on uh, Saturday. I was very impressed with Plumlee. Mingo and, and Dennis Jackson, I, sort of, I thought they would, you know, be good fits up there. Uh, Jerrion Ely, future star. Obviously, some big, some, still, still some, some work to be done up there. You got to get better on the offensive line, but... If you have a quarterback, you're sort of halfway there, I feel. I think with Plumlee, Ole Miss has a quarterback. Um, and then with State, sort of the same thing. Schrader is a very exciting young prospect. The defense has taken a further step back than I thought it would. And obviously the suspensions have played a, a role in that. But at the end of the day with State, I think they're still going to finish 7-5. and five. The Egg Bowl is more, a lot more of a toss-up than I thought it was going to be three, four weeks ago. But I still think State can get that game. I think they can beat Arkansas. I think they can beat Abilene. I think that they will beat Abilene Christian. I think they can beat Tennessee. They'll be seven and five, and and that'll be okay. And then you'll see what happens. We'll see what happens next year when Garrett Schrader has the full off season to be the starter. What happened to Tommy Stevens? Hey, he's just fragile, man. I, he just keeps getting hurt. He's had two different arm injuries and now a leg injury in three weeks. Meanwhile, Matt Corral's got a rib injury. Yeah. We don't know how serious it is, but Ole Miss. Right now, any one of those three guys, Grant Tisdale, John Rice Plumley, Matt Crow, can make a case that they should be getting more time as the starting quarterback. Whoever comes out of that as the starter, Plumley, Tisdale, Corral, you take that and you take Schrader, at least these two programs can look forward and say the starting quarterbacks are taken care of. Yeah, that's such a, a big deal. When you look at, at, at Ole Miss's best season in the last five, six years is when they had Chad Kelly putting up stupid numbers. And for State, obviously, it was with Dak Prescott putting up great numbers. So if you've got that guy, I mean, look at, look at that 14 State team. Defensively, they had a lot of NFL talent, but they were finishing, I think, in the 80s. 
for whatever reason, it wasn't very cohesive. And then on the offensive line, you didn't have a single guy who's making, you know, anything happen in the NFL the way Tunsil is for, for Ole Miss. But when you have the quarterback, it takes care of itself a lot of the times. There's a lot of young quarterback talent for both of these teams. No, yeah, the future's bright. There's no doubt. For Ole Miss, you're two and three, but you look at that quarterback room as well as the rest of the offense as far as the talent around John Rice, Plumley, Grant Tisdale, Matt Corral, you can see what they're going to be. Yeah. You just don't want to wait for it. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to bet for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. With pro football, college football, and the MLB playoffs in full swing and both hockey and basketball around the corner, now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game. Mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. And all you got to do is use the promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC. And when you do, you'll activate the offer. That's promo code TOC to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Put on your prediction hat here. What is the record of these two teams when they face off in the Egg Bowl? I think State will be 6-5. and five. Almost only has the one non-conference left, right? Mm-hmm. They could be 5-6, and six, but I, I actually picked Vanderbilt to win that game on my podcast. So I will say they'll be 4-7. and seven. Ole Miss and State... Outside of the FCS teams, and even then, I mean, Ole Miss had some struggles with, with Southeast Louisiana, and, and as an MSU person, I will never in this life forget the main game. There's just no such thing as a gimme game for either team. There's just no game where the, the State and Ole Miss can just show up and say, we're just that much better than you, so we're going to win and win convincingly. Yeah, five years ago there was. Five years ago there was. Yeah. When does Ole Miss and State get back to that? It would have helped last year. Yeah, and you, you, know, you follow recruiting a lot closer than I do. But if you could have kept some more of those 2019 kids in the state, Byron Young and Jaron Handy and, and Derek Hall, take the top 10 last year and just split it to Kobe Dean, obviously, instead of letting you know half of them get to Alabama and Auburn or whatever, you could have gotten back there. And like I said, you know, both teams having a good quarterback, Ole Miss for a couple of years there, having Eli Manning was a recruiting tool. Players want to play with Eli Manning. I think you're going to see – People who say, I want to play with Garrett Schrader and I want to play with, uh, it's Rice, right? Yeah. John Rice, Plumley. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you're going to see that. In case you can't tell, by the way, I am much higher on Plumley than I am on Corral. I can tell. Are you yeah. already high on Arch Manning? Because there's some pub out there already. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll be honest. You know, Everybody knows I'm a bulldog. I don't know whether to hope he comes to Ole Miss and fails or <laughs> That's he goes somewhere else that is great like Peyton was. I don't really know which one I want to pull for on that. You know where this is headed. I don't think they're going to get Cutcliffe to come back to Ole Miss. But I mean, we're talking that kid's what a freshman. He's a ninth grader. We got plenty of time to talk about this. So the story comes out. Archie Manning goes to ESPN and says straight up, Arch is ahead of where Eli and Peyton were at this point in their careers. Remember, he's a ninth grader. Archie's never been that kind of guy to put those type of expectations on any one of his kids, now grandkids or Whatever, but there it is. It's in an ESPN story. I reached out to Cooper Manny and was basically going to be like, hey, Cooper, would you want to come back on the podcast? He's been on this podcast a number of times. Cooper said, man, I, yeah. I don't want to talk about this at all with anybody. He said, this is getting a little too crazy. He's a ninth grader. Yeah. If it's like this already, the pressure on that kid when he's a senior yeah. in high school from Ole Miss's side. Here's something to, just to consider and talk about worst case scenario, right? But there's this other team in his home state that's throwing the ball around like there's nobody's business right now. What if he went to LSU? Oh, my God. Worst case scenario, <laughs> meltdown. Your board would be I, – I might even pay for a membership at that point. Cooper Manning is as Ole Miss as it gets. He's the most Ole Miss guy of that entire family. But he's not going to inject himself right. into his son's recruitment. But it's ninth grade. He's yeah. a ninth grader. We just need to back off of this. It's a little too much. It feels grimy right now. I just I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Dak Prescott's not even married, but as soon as he gets <laughs> married and has, God forbid, his first child is a masculine child, it's going to be like, wow, 18 years from now, here we go. It was like when Antonio Brown got released from the Raiders, the running joke, and it came true really quickly. Oh, he's going to end up a New England Patriot. 
The minute right. Arch Manning started throwing a football on Ole yeah. Miss message boards, oh, the future's coming. He's in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Oh, my God, now it's real. And I just I don't feel comfortable with it. I don't I don't like it. You're the one who has to deal with it. Luckily, I, I yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and make a, a prediction right now. Mississippi State will not be in the running for Arch Manning. No. You bring up a good question though. If Dak had a son right now, yeah. and I wonder if it's like this everywhere else at Ole Miss, Arch Manning, he's got to end up at Ole Miss. Right. Would Dak Jr. Would State fans feel that way? Would they be that obsessive? If, if, if Dakota Prescott Jr. Rain Dakota Prescott Jr. Even if he was only like, because Dak is what, 25, 26, something like yeah. that, maybe 27. Yeah. So, I mean, in reality, his, his son wouldn't be more, let's say he, he had a, a child at state. He didn't, but let's, let's say he's got a five or six-year-old kid. <laughs> if that kid had a video of him like dominating peewee football, it would blow up the message boards. Look at this kid, 2033, here we come. Yes. All right. It can't be like that everywhere else, though. Who has these iconic players? I mean, right now with Alabama, of all their great players, who is their iconic player? Who's the, Alexander. That's the first guy you think of when you think about Alabama football? With them, it's always the coaches. You know, it's Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. Like, I think if when Tebow has kids, Florida will expect, if he's a good athlete, to get him. If Herschel Walker had a son, if Bo Jackson had a son that was a great athlete, then yeah. Yeah, because Alabama is such a machine. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they have too many great players. That's not a problem, obviously. But it's different for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, right? Well, especially for State because Ole Miss had Archie back in the seventies. Then it had and Eli. Had, then had, had Chad. Eli. Yeah, State never had a guy like that until they had Dak. Dak was the first. Prior to Dak, the discussion of who is MSU's greatest quarterback centers around like John Bond and Wayne Madkin. Oh God, Madkin won a ton of games. Bond won some great games, a little ahead of his time running the wishbone. That's who it was. I mean, and those are those are two names that the average college football fan in America, they might know Madkin. Someone by my age might remember Madkin. They don't know who John Bond is. I mean, everybody knows who Dak Prescott is. He's the first one for state like that, really. There's no chance Joe Moorhead leaves for Rutgers, right? Come on. Come no. on. You know better. I saw a little bit of the rumor stuff on the internet. I, I immediately just rolled my eyes. No, just no. Yeah. Stop. If they had said... Literally any other school in the Big Ten. It's Rutgers. Purdue, Minnesota, Iowa, any other school in the Big Ten, I would say. Okay, there could be something to that. It, Rutgers, no. No. Not happening. What are your feelings right now on the future of Mississippi State and Ole Miss? We've talked about this already a little bit, but you saw the highest of highs a couple of years ago, the Mississippi Madness. Now you get to two programs that aren't on that same level anymore. So are they closer or headed down the same track towards what they used to be? Or are they going to settle back into what they've always been? Six, seven wins a year. Maybe every once in a while you get nine or ten. That, to me, is the best case scenario for these programs. Not even six. You should be able to schedule four non-conference games that are winnable and win three conference games. Especially when you're Ole Miss and State and you get to play Vanderbilt at Kentucky. You should be able to win those games. And then, obviously, you're going to split with the other one. So the one that loses has to find two more wins, but... I mean, if, if you're state and I say every year you're going to win your four non-conference games, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and pick another game. You're seven and five. If you get two more wins, you're eight and four. And state was on track to be eight and four, I thought, this year before they lost to Kansas State. In a five-year period, state and Ole Miss, if you can have three seven to nine win years, you might have one year where you dump back to six or maybe even five. You have some injuries because state's never going to, state and Ole Miss are never going to have the depth that Alabama does. If there's a bunch of injuries, they're just going to fall back. So you have that one year like that, and then you, know, you have one year where you can bump up and get 10, where you're one of the top 10 teams in the country. That is a best-case scenario for both programs. So we're going to look back on 2014 and say that's as good as it ever had been. Yeah, 14 and 15, State won 19 games, Ole Miss won 19 games in those two years. That's God. as good as you can get. In 2015, Ole Miss was probably a top-five team. If they had gone to the playoff, I don't know they would have won it, but they would have made a good showing for themselves. In 2014, State was probably a top five team until the very end of the season. Losing to Ole Miss took that away. I still think that if State had won in, in Oxford on 20, in 2014, if they had not gotten in, it would have been a huge stink. They would have had one loss to Alabama at Alabama. 
you've beaten everybody else, you have a, a reason to say you should be in the playoff, even over Ohio State, who won the national title that year. Yeah. Yeah. Talk of Champions is brought to you by Impact by Ironwood and the Oxford Park Commission. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part, you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. Oxford Park Commission Youth Basketball is just a bounce away. This is the final week to sign up for the upcoming season. Registration comes to a close on Friday, this Friday, October 4th. Leagues are open for both boys and girls, ages 5 to 15. Cost to play, $50. That's it, just 50 bucks. Visit the website, OxfordParkCommission.com. That's OxfordParkCommission.com for more details on the 2019-20 season. It could have been so much more moving forward. Yeah, I mean, for State, the 2016 season, and obviously this is where it all turns. For Ole Miss, it turns. You know, Chad Kelly gets hurt. But defensively, you just hadn't recruited as well defensively as, as you sort of thought you had. You know, you'd been signing receivers and, and, and some offensive linemen, but you just didn't have the guys. Look at the guys you'd missed out on, too. As much as people want to say, you know, you missed out on Leo Lewis. You'd like to have him on that defense at that time. Oh. Uh, I know, I know. But, I mean, uh, you know, the next year you miss out on Willie Gay. Ole Miss recruited Rashawn Gary really hard. I think he visited. Yeah. Um, Shy Carter and, and Nigel Knott and those guys. These are guys you could have had. When Chad Kelly got hurt, it was just impossible. I mean, he was losing games anyway because the defense couldn't stop anybody. And same with State. State was much better defensively from a talent perspective than what Peter Sermon's stats would have you believe. But those are two of the worst defensive teams in the country that year. By the way, quick stat just for your listeners. Peter Sermon, 2-0 and at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. How does that even happen? But yeah, offensively, those two teams were good enough to win. Defensively, they had major issues. In 17, Shea Patterson, it just didn't work out. And then Tommy was really good. I guess you're going to talk to him a little later. Yeah. But defensively, it's just too much. Whereas State hit the JUCO market hard. And it's this thing, I mean, I don't know that Ole Miss recruited those guys, but what happens if Ole Miss goes really hard after Abram and Sweat? God, Sweat was so good. A monster. Just a monster. So what happens if they go in and get some instant help? And, of course, Simmons is another guy we almost missed out on in the, in the recruiting process. So can we tell a story about Jeff Simmons? Yeah. This is one of my favorite stories. So you and I did an interview mm-hmm. back in the old Visporto days. Mm-hmm. We were talking about recruiting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember if we, it was just like a separate show. Because remember we did a couple things where we had like that round table of people talking about Leo Lewis and other people. Sure. But we did one, and I remember asking you this question. This was like in January of 16. Mm-hmm. And I said, Ben, who is the recruit who's not yet committed to Ole Miss that you are the most confident will be mm-hmm. a rep? And you said? Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons. No hesitation either. And so I'm going to come clean on some stuff. I knew that State had Simmons. He had told David Turner he was coming, but he was going to make take his visit. He wanted to go to Alabama. He wanted to go to Ole Miss. I knew that his mom was not big on Ole Miss for whatever reason. I know why, but. Your, your listeners will come after me. You, you can tell them. Yeah. <laughs> so. I remember signing day. I knew he was going to sign with State. But you had said earlier that you were confident. Mm -hmm. You texted me at like 10 o'clock that morning, something like, hey, something's going on with (laughs) Simmons. I remember having to play dumb. I was like, why, Ben, whatever do you mean? Right. And you're like, something's going on. Something's in the wind. I can't get hold of anybody. I think y'all might have him. And I'm just like, ah, no, he's going to Ole Miss. But I knew he was going to State. Mm -hmm. And so he, he ends up. Going to state. Now, this is the point where I'm going to embarrass you just a little bit. Okay. I went back through the Vsporto archives looking for something one time. Ooh. And I found where you had a segment already pre-recorded <laughs> about Simmons committing to Ole Miss, and you were just re- back then. We could re-record stuff like I did yeah. that with Malik Newman. That's I had right. a segment ready for him, and you could record it. And then when it happened, boom, it's gone active, and it, it, it's it's available to play. So I don't know what I was looking for. I don't. But I found Jeffrey Simmons commits to Ole Miss on Rebel Sports Radio. And I I laughed for about five or six minutes at my computer screen just laughing at you. I love you, but that was funny. If only you and I could tell true stories about recruiting. Oh, nobody wants to hear that, though. It would ruin some things for some people. Nobody wants to talk about that. So let's just keep everybody in the dark as as much as you should be. If one day you and I are old and gray 
we're both sitting in retirement. You're watching Giants games, Lakers games. I'm watching Cowboys games and Braves games. And we decide to sit down and just have a podcast together. <laughs> It'd be great. Yeah. Two yeah that men. was originally the plan, by the way, it was for us to have those kind of things and be sitting on the beach with our V Sporto millions, but that never panned out. I don't want to talk about that. No, you're not alone. What have we learned? What have we learned from all of this? Knowing how good it was to now being back to what it always is. What have we learned? Keep your mouth shut. And I don't know how much of state falling off is connected to what happened with Ole Miss. I imagine some of it is. I think Mullen, he had to recruit a certain way at some point. He wanted to get another job. State was not the final destination for him. With Freeze, Ole Miss was the final destination. He was happy to be there. Mullen knew he wanted another job. Freeze could have had Florida. Think about that. What a butterfly effect that is, by the way, because that's where Mullen is now. Mullen would be at Tennessee, and they'd still be going at each other. By the way, is it next year that Mullen and Freeze are back at Oxford? Or is it two years from now with Liberty? Two years, I think. Okay, that's too bad. But Mullen Mullen is back next year. I want to run something past you. I want you to hear, just hear it come out of my mouth and tell me what you think. Are you ready? Yeah. Introducing the new Tennessee head football coach, Hugh Freeze. Oh, no. No. Why would that not happen? He'd be a disaster. You think? Hugh Freeze now is not Hugh Freeze back when he was hungry and had just gotten the oldest job. The week after the hospital bed, when the dentist chair stuff came out, and you saw him like looking up his name on Twitter again, I was so happy. I was like, there he is. There's my guy. He is back. He can't protect himself from himself, and there's no school out there that's going to enable him like Liberty. You say that, but there are some schools that want to win more than anything else, and Tennessee is one of those. Would Ole Miss take him back right now? I don't mean the university. Would the average Ole Miss fan say, I would be thrilled to have Hugh Freeze back? No. No, okay. But what's the alternative? Matt Luke. I think it would be 56-44. They're close. Closer than it should be. Ole Miss fans should never want Hugh Freeze back. It's a shame, a damn shame, that Hugh Freeze got fired when he did and like he did so that he couldn't endure the embarrassment that was coming that season for him. <laughs> he got his own embarrassment, his own type of embarrassment, much bigger he embarrassment. But He did. One of your co-workers thought of that. Hey, co-workers, my ass. Hey, same company. Don't worry, he says the same thing about you, though. I don't care. He's a fool. You talk differently now hey, than you used right. to, though. How do you mean? You're not as vitriolic as you used to be. I'll be honest with you. And yeah, you're probably not wrong. But at the same time, this job that I have now... I work with Richard Cross and Brian Scott Rippey, two guys who live in Oxford. And went You're to a Miss teddy me. bear. Stop. Now you've gone too far. <laughs> but I mean, does it really behoove me and my career? I could do that on Bulldog, and I could do that with you because we were just working together, but at the same time, your thoughts of me didn't affect my, my future. You know, not that I don't like being your friend. But now, I mean, if I was on there every day just raking on Ole Miss, it doesn't behoove me to do that. It's not smart. I think it's more than that for you now. And we're just removed from it now. That's it true. is funny, though. I did a pod with you or did a segment with you last year before the Egg Bowl. And, I, of course, I did one with Rippy too. And it was, ah, the Egg Bowl is just so much calmer now. So much calmer. And then there's a huge brawl. You had both ADs come out and say, hey, guys, let's play nice here. <laughs> then they fought. They, they brawled. <laughs> I just remember the, the, the guy in the press box at Ole Miss. All right, everybody, settle down. Y'all have got plenty to write. Oh, my God. And then Joe Moorhead, who seems like a calm dude generally, is he, ready he to is fight. A calm dude, but he's got a little temper there. He's got a little of that uh, Yankee temper to him. Matt Luke, quietly a mean dude when he wants to be. Well, he's a former offensive lineman. Yeah, you have to be. It's, it's in there somewhere, absolutely. Yeah. Moorhead after that. That, to me, is funnier than Mullen getting on the mic with the there's one program on the rise. I but, do love your found hatred of Mullen. I think it's funny. No, no, I don't hate Mullen. No, 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 you're, you're mistaken. Now, I mean, now I feel free to at least tell you that you know, Mullen was a jackass, but he was a jackass to everybody. It wasn't just to me. Mullen doesn't know who I am. If I walked into a room with Mullen, he might, the face might register with him, but he wouldn't know who my, what my name is or anything. But that's like. how he wanted it, right? That's exactly how he wanted it, yeah. He was a jackass, but he was our jackass back in the day. I got respect for the guy. Now, I don't think he'll ever win big at Florida. He won't win any national titles there, and that's going to be a downfall. You can't have Mississippi State result. He, he can't win nine, ten games. Yeah. He, has to, he has to beat Georgia. And I don't, he could never beat Saban. Why do I think he's going to beat Saban light? 
if I walked in right now, Hugh Freeze would know me and he would have about three things he'd want to jump down my throat about. Oh, absolutely. He would hover over you. Yeah. Start criticizing me for my core values. That kind of shit. <laughs> have you ever told the story of uh, after the Florida game? Oh, yeah. I've told that many times on this okay. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you called. <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it right now. Yeah. That was a grown man having that conversation with you. Yeah. I think I called you first. <laughs> I think so. Think about that. Uh, Brian Haydad, super Mississippi State Bulldog guy. He was my first call. I'm all about hating on Ole Miss in 2015. Let, let's be clear about that. I'm still not a huge fan of you guys. You're not my favorites. I've just toned down a little. I've gotten older, too. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. That voice you've been hearing is Brian Haydad. At Brian Haydad. Covers Mississippi State for Super Talk Mississippi alongside Ole Miss coverage from Richard Cross, Brian Scott Rippey. Going to go now to the Modern Women phone line to talk to Jordan Tiamu. But before we do, let me tell you about Grove Sharks tailgating and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Ole Miss football is back at home, and that means great food, friends, and fun in the Grove. Let the experts at Grove Sharks tailgating take care of all your needs before the party begins and the Rebels kick off at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Grove Sharks still has a few packages left for the weekend or the remainder of the season. They can provide tents, chairs, coolers, and TV accommodations, among many different items. Visit Grove Sharks at GroveSharks.com or like them on Facebook at Grove Sharks Tailgating. You can also reach Grove Sharks owner Eric Trimble at 662-816-3493. That's 662-816-3493. If you're in the market for a new car, there is no better time to buy at Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Not only do they now have in stock the 2020 Jeep Gladiator, which is half Wrangler, half truck, it's the perfect car for me, but also 20% off select Ram trucks. And I know, I know, no one really loves the car buying process. I'm with you. It can be overwhelming. You're just looking for the best deal. Well, Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is here for you. And what separates Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. Maybe that'll help when you buy that 2020 Jeep Gladiator, that 4x4 truck you've been looking for. 20% off right now. Select Ram Trucks. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Joining me now on the Modern Women phone line is Jordan Tiamu, former Ole Miss quarterback. Jordan, what's up, man? How you doing? What's up? Doing good. Just living life. What is up in your world right now, Jordan? I know you've gone to the Houston Texans. You've done this, that, and the other. What's the update with you? Yes, sir. So um, I was in Houston Texans for the whole preseason and then uh, went down to Jacksonville for a workout uh, with the Jaguars. And then uh, a couple of days later, I went to the Giants in New York, did a little workout there. And I, uh, right after that, I flew back to Oxford, Mississippi, where I usually just, this is like my neutral spot, um, easy for me to travel everywhere. So right now um, I'm looking into the XFL and uh, could possibly sign to a team in St. Louis called the Battlehawks. So um, I'm pretty excited about that, and that's where I am at in uh, my life right now. You mentioned coming back to Oxford. Every time you come back, does it feel like you never left? Yeah, honestly, it just feels, it's always great to come back to Oxford. It's like, honestly, my second home, and people are great here still, and I still have love and support everywhere, and, and friends and uh, family friends who always support me, so it's always great coming back. Have you paid attention to Ole Miss football this year? Oh, yes, I definitely have, and always will be but uh definitely been paying attention this year and the way they started and the way they're going right now and i think it can only get better from from where they're at what is your impression of things the quarterback situation is what everybody's paying attention to right now matt corral backed you up he was the starter gets hurt john rice Plumley showed at alabama that he's capable grant tisdale too you know these guys you know this team you know matt especially so what in your mind is the quarterback situation what's your view of it I think they're all great quarterbacks all around, and the team is lucky to have either one in the game and either one being the leader of the team. So I'm just super stoked for whoever will be the starting quarterback. And just looking at Matt, the first four of the first, the first like three to four games, I felt like he did a good job just playing and being a leader out there. And there's some stuff he, he can fix just to become better. And um, the way John, uh, the way John came in and, and uh, kind of just took that second row position like how I did and really used 
his opportunity out there. It's just it's just a, like an awesome feeling for me to see that happen because I know that quarterback room is is talented all around and having John out there for his first start against Alabama, the way he performed actually, I was really impressed with that and and everything he done. So um, it's a great quarterback room all around and and they're young guys, so they have uh, a lot a lot to learn from and a lot to get better at and more games for experience. So I'm excited about that quarterback room. What was your relationship like with Matt? And when you got your eyes on him first, when you saw Matt Corral for the first time, what were your impressions and how yeah. far did he come in his first year? Uh, when I first saw him in practice, uh, I thought this guy was a tremendous leader. I was like, uh, I thought he was a really good player and how fast and how quick he can learn something and how he can really have a voice in the quarterback room. And that's what I felt like. He was always that that guy to always push me, and I was always push him back, and um, we'd always get get each other better. But he had a tremendous arm, tremendous brain, and he knew exactly what to do when the defense was out there. So uh, uh, when I was there, he was he was a tremendous player sitting right behind me, and no doubt if I went down, I knew he was going to perform um, just as good. You got DK performing in Seattle. You got A.J. shining yep. in Tennessee. Greg starting for the Carolina Panthers. Dawson's balling out for Buffalo. When you see all these guys, your offense, it's got to be a prideful thing for you. Yeah, it's awesome just seeing everybody just doing doing their job and doing good. And it's just an awesome guy. Just awesome. Just an awesome feeling just to watch my teammates and the offense we had last year just go out there in the NFL and kill it because I knew exactly that they were going to do that. Anybody on our team could could go out there and compete, and that's what they did. So do you still keep up with those guys? Yes, to talk to them here and there whenever they have time, you know, just during season, so it's kind of tough. But um, um, I, I still try to reach out whenever I can. Dawson's one of my good friends, so uh, we've been close since we've been here. So I've been, uh, he's been uh, keeping us updated with stuff and seeing how everything is. But all the other guys are just kind of mutual. We just all kind of just check up on each other. So what's up with Dawson not getting the ball last year? What happened? We had we had great receivers outside. Um, we needed protection inside the box, so we brought the tight end in most of the most of the time, just so our outside guys are in our slot can have freedom routes. And uh, we really didn't have much um, design um, plays just for the tight end. We kind of just had a design plays for everyone, and I kind of go through my progression, and I kind of just. If I see if I see an open guy right there, boom, I'm going to hit it right now. I'm not going to wait for the next read. And mostly it's all the time. The tight end is usually my second or third read um, in the play in the playbook. So um, it's been really tough um, to get him the ball. But when we did get him the ball, it would, it would be a lot of yards after the catch and critical third down. So. Because I'll be honest with you, Jordan, I've been critical of Phil Longo. And I liked Phil personally. Yeah. But the offense and, yeah. like you mentioned, scheming – uh, for a guy like Dawson, who's a talented tight end, I just felt like there could have been more done there. What was your relationship like with Phil? Again, I liked him a yeah. lot personally, but offensively, did you think it was a good fit? I like Phil Longo a lot too. Just I like the numbers he put up and the the just the way he wanted to scheme for our outside receivers and our our guys like AJ inside. But uh, I just wish we had more plays with the tight end, like towards the goal line, and that's where we struggled at was in the red zone. And I just wish we had more plays with, with our tight end to get, get the ball more and score and just schemes here and there. But uh, Phil Long was a, he was a great coach to me, and um, I like the way he did his offense and everything else. It's just a pass offense, and I love passing. I love read option plays and RPOs, and I loved everything about it. I just wish we had more plays with the tight end involved. This is not to be disrespectful towards anyone, but I said this yeah. earlier, and defensively, the numbers have gotten better. They're not great yet, but yeah. last year's defense, it was tough. Man, if y'all had this defense yeah. on last year's offense, y'all winning eight games. I was looking at that this year. I was like, everyone was telling me, dude, the defense is great. The defense is great. And when I first went out there and saw them against Memphis, saw them um, against Cal performing like that, and Arkansas, I was really impressed with the way they came out, and I was – I told people myself, I said, if we had this kind of defensive scheme last year, I think we would have won eight-plus games and uh, we wouldn't have to score that much points, you know. So it was just really – I'm really excited about this defense this year and the way they're looking. And I wish we had the offense that we had last year. Yeah, because offensively, man, y'all are something special. And your route to that starting job, yes, everyone knows it at this point. It's unique. 
we could talk about the JUCO, which I want to touch yeah. on in a second. But first off, when you got the news that Shea was leaving and this was your team, there's going to be no competition. It was obviously Jordan is going to be the starting quarterback. Well, how did you yeah. take ownership of that? How did you take it and run with it? What was your approach immediately when you knew it was your job for good? My approach was, hey, this is this is just the beginning. I'm going to go out there and show them that I'm willing to be the starting quarterback and that I deserve it and that I worked hard for it. And I'm not going to let anyone come in and take it. And I knew in my head, I knew it wasn't going to be given to me. I knew it was just going to be a hard route. I know I made sure that I was going to be the leader. I was going to be uh, the right guy for the offense and the right guy for the team. And I made sure I gave it to my my all in practice and in the games and uh, to prove that I can be the quarterback here. I can prove that I can play with the guys in the SEC. And that's honestly how I looked at it. And I kind of just took that mindset, took my confidence with me and uh, ran with it. So that's what I did. What was your recruitment like out of high school? Because you, you were a very yeah. little seen guy. You weren't a highly ranked guy. How did you get to that New Mexico Juco? And I know Dan Warner was instrumental in getting you to Ole Miss, but how did that all kind of shake yeah. out? It was just a crazy experience out of high school. Um, my coaches were working really hard to get me to sign with uh, University of Hawaii. They're trying to make them offer me, but they tried to give me a walk-on spot as a safety. My parents didn't have the funds to do that. So it was funny because how um, the coaches at a junior college were looking at my offensive lineman uh, my center and they kind of uh, saw me in the background of the film just throwing it and slinging it and just like running around and they kind of looked me up and found out I had no offers uh, only D2 offers and um, some JUCO offers in California and in California you got to pay for your own JUCO so they kind of gave me a call and um, they wanted to see me throw in person so that junior college coach came down to Hawaii and kind of went to the park right up the street from my house and kind of just started throwing for him. And uh, he was impressed. And a couple of days later, I got the phone call. And they told me they uh, wanted to give me a full ride and, and uh, to that junior college in New Mexico. And um, I was really stoked about it. And I said, any way to get my parents a free education for myself, then that's, that's going to be the best way for me to get to a Division One school, too. So I kind of took that route. And really when it, it really went from there from that junior college why Ole Miss over Minnesota because at that time Shea Patterson yeah. was the quarterback of the future Juco's you go in and you're trying to start immediately you knew that Shea was yeah. going to be having the front runner status to be the starting quarterback so why did you pick Ole Miss over Minnesota honestly like I would have chose Minnesota until I came here I went on a visit talked to the coaches and I really prayed about it honestly and that's what really happened I prayed about it and I was like God if you really want me to go to this school then give me a sign and I kind of just felt in my heart that I was a competitor and I told myself I told my parents hey like I'm I always competed like since I was little I'm not gonna give up give up now and um, just put my head down and go to a smaller school I felt like I could play in the SEC I felt like I could play in the best college conference um, in America and and go out there and compete and uh, that's what I told myself and came out here and started started doing what I what I had to do. I've always been curious as to the recruiting pitch that was given to you from Dan yeah. Warren and Hugh Freeze. Did they recruit you saying, hey, we want you to come in here and push him, or did you kind of know going in what the deal was? We'll get right back to former Ole Miss quarterback Jordan Tiamu after this brief word from Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. Yeah, so Dan Warner came, came up to me and he was like, hey, like we, uh, we want you to 
be our second string guy. But at the same time, I want you to compete because anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can be the starting quarterback in a week, in two weeks. And um, if you perform better than him in, in camp, then you could be um, the starting quarterback here. And um, he's just he's just saying, like, let me tell you, not, there's no there's no number two guy behind Shea. There's no number three guy. So you're going to definitely be in the runnings for being a starting quarterback. So I was just that really pumped me up kind of a lot. Really got me thinking. So that's kind of the pitch they gave me when um, I was there at that junior college. How long did it take you to pick up the offense? It seemed like pretty easily, and you had to do two of them, but that you got yeah. it pretty quick, and that's what kind of helped you, propelled you to once you did get that opportunity to take it and run with it. Because if, even if Shea had stayed, it was going to be a competition. Yeah, I was like really – that was basically it, just learning it as fast as I can and kind of getting reps at it, either if it was physical reps or mental reps. And um, Being a second-string guy, I had a lot of mental reps, so I kind of just sat back and watched what Shea did and, if he did something wrong, I made sure I wasn't going to make the same mistake. And um, and it just got better throughout the whole season. And then as soon as uh, I was going to go out and compete again, I was really confident in my playbook, really confident in my play and what I need to do when I go out there. You look back on it now, that was right in the heart of a tough stretch for Ole Miss football with all the stuff swirling, the outside noise. Yeah. But now that you can look back on it, the positives of it, what's your favorite Ole Miss memory? Is it the Kentucky game? I'll say it was a Kentucky game, that being a huge SEC win on the road in front of a great crowd. My first, actually my second game starting. So it was really, it was really good just um, being able to be a part of that. And then of course our, that was my favorite memory. And of course that Mississippi State win that year in Mississippi State. So uh, two road games were kind of my, my biggest ones. What were your thoughts when Matt Luke was named the head coach? I was really excited. I was really pumped for him and the team just because he's such a great guy and great coach towards all of the players. And I know everyone says he's a players coach and it, it really is true. He, he, he will live and die by, uh, by Ole Miss and he's just such a great guy. And he's really knows everything about it. Cause he played here, he coached here and now he's the head coach. So he, there's no other guy who, who knows it all than coach Matt Luke. When he gets hired, Overall, did you feel a good sense that this is what they wanted or were y'all expecting something else? This is what the whole team wanted. And um, when the AD, when he came in, when Ross Bjork came in and kind of said, like, hey, we need a new face of the program and we need a new uh, uh, a head coach who would step up for us. And when he brought in Coach Luke, I felt like he was he was the one from the start. And I majority of us had, had a feeling that he was going to come back and uh, be the head coach for us. What was it like in the locker room after that state win in Starkville? Uh, it was just such a blast. Everyone was having fun. Everyone knew we couldn't go to a bowl game, so everyone was just really just uh, just celebrating a win like any other locker room and, and taking pictures with the trophy all around. And we made sure every single one had a, had a picture, especially the seniors. So it was, it was really great, really, really a great feeling after that game. I was just smiling the whole night, even to bed. So... It was a good night for everyone. Do you believe in Matt going forward, taking Ole Miss to the places it used to be? Oh, I believe that 100%. Um, I think he he will do what needs to be done. And I feel like the coaching staff that he brought in, the, the offensive scheme that I, I really like and the defensive scheme that 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 he, he brought in, and I, I feel like these are these are great opportunities. And I feel like Coach Luke is, is just one step getting closer to, to what he – uh, to his full potential and where he can take Ole Miss uh, to the next level. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I look at this offense, this run, heavy variation of a spread, and the first time I saw yeah. it, I went, man, Jordan Tiamu would have loved that. I would I would have loved it just because it takes time off the clock, makes in running plays here and there, RPOs, if we mixed in a lot of things. But I really I really like the scheme and everything about it. Yeah, because you and Jerry on Ely with Scotty Phillips, my God. You yeah. want to run all over people. Yeah. I'm seeing that killing right now, especially Ely just being his first year and going out there and doing what he's doing. It's unbelievable just watching Scotty doing what Scotty does and just a tremendous player all around. So it just gets me more hyped up about about watching them play. What's the hardest thing for Matt Corral, for John Rice Plumley, Grant Tisdale, when they step in and now it's your time to go produce? What's the hardest thing to do about yeah. that? Like, what's the hardest area? 
I think the hardest area is just blocking out the noise and staying focused. I think just because uh, when they're on that field, they know what to do. They know the play call. They know what they need to protect. Focusing during all that noise, focusing during all that nonsense that's going on behind them, making sure they they can communicate to the O-line, communicate to the receivers, the tight end, to what their job needs to be. And um, I feel like that's the hardest part about being doing that. And it's just the noise and just making sure you block that out and make sure you focus and make sure you're locked in on what everyone does. Because if one person messes up, that could be on you. You just want to make sure you communicate well to your offensive players. I meant to ask you this earlier, and one of the last things here, when yeah. all the noise was happening, the NCAA stuff, a lot of uncertainty about mm-hmm. who was staying. You made it known early, I'm staying. Was there ever a temptation yeah. to leave? I heard um, just a couple coaches, like my past coaches, kind of telling me, like, hey, like this is an open spot here. They're, they could call any time, but I kind of made it early and made it known that I was going to stay no matter what, and I didn't want any temptations coming my way. So I kind of wanted to announce it earlier and made sure everyone knew where my head was at and what I wanted to focus on. And I wanted to stay here and, and uh, just play ball. So, How big was it for AJ to come out and say he was staying? Oh, that, it was just, it was huge. And I kind of talked to most of the guys and, and really said like, Hey, like I, I told them that I was staying, I wasn't going anywhere. And I felt like they knew what they wanted to, and it didn't matter about a bowl game or anything. It just mattered that, that we played as a team and that we had 12 opportunities out there to, to show the world what we can do. And that's honestly where all our heads, heads were at. And the people who transferred weren't all in, but they weren't bought in 100%. So we wanted the guys who wanted to stay in and get give 100% effort to play for the University of Ole Miss. So. Yeah, and I think, and I've said this before, that as time goes by, because y'all were already celebrated when you did that, Ole Miss fans – we're just so pumped that all yeah. of you stayed. But I think as time goes by and there's more time put between what happened and who stayed and later on down the line that y'all are going to be celebrated yeah. even more. I think y'all are pretty aware of that too when y'all made those decisions, right? Yeah, we were all aware of that. He's Jordan Tiamu, former Ole Miss quarterback, headed to the XFL potentially. That should be fun, man. I don't know what all the crazy rules are yeah. going to be, but make sure to get a good celebration in there at least. Oh no, exactly. So I'm super excited. Just and, and I'm super excited and pumped for this opportunity, just to keep playing football and um, getting a year of experience. So I, I'm super excited to do this journey and see where I go after that. Well, don't be a stranger around these parts. You know, Ole Miss fans will always want to hear uh, from you. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Yes, I appreciate sir. you, and we'll do it again down the line. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. That was former Ole Miss quarterback Jordan Tiamu. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter and the guest co-host chair. My nemesis, I say jokingly, Brian Haydad. You can hear him on Super Talk Mississippi, where he covers Mississippi State, along with Ole Miss with Brian Scott Rippey, Richard Cross, at Brian Haydad on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes, also available in SoundCloud and should be wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. If we're not in a particular place, let me know at Spirit Ben. I'll make sure to get the podcast there for you. Talk of Champions is brought to you by the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood and Cheney's Pharmacy. What do we know about living in Oxford right now? One, it's expensive. And two, if you live on one side of town and you want to go to the other side of town, it takes an hour to get through traffic. We're all jammed, packed in like sardines in this town. But have no fear. The Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood, is under construction. Brought to you by John Welty Realty. A traditional neighborhood means right where you live. A grocery store, a brewery, restaurants, Shops, all within walking distance of your front door. But what about the houses? Custom high-end spec houses. Beautiful finishes, open concept, modern two-story houses. If you're looking for a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a one-bedroom, you'll find a fit with any of these three spacious layouts. So don't delay. Get in with the Lamar right now. Build-out is happening. For more information, contact John Welty at john at johnweltyrealty.com. That's john at johnweltyrealty.com. Or give them a call at 662-23-HOMES. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. 
Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. And Cheney's Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Back with me now is Brian Haydad. You can hear him talking about Mississippi State and other Brian Haydad stuff for Super Talk. Give an example of some Brian Haydad stuff. We could start with wrestling. Wrestling is one. Food. Well, food, but I didn't want to go there. It's okay. I like to eat. You and I talk about TV a lot. We do. We do. Are you, aren't you big? You're an, uh, the office guy? Yes. They're having an office trivia night. I forget where. Somewhere here in Starkville. I was just like, I could go there and probably walk out with whatever they're giving away. Do y'all have trivia nights a lot in Starkville? Oh, yeah. There's like two or three different places that have them. See, you need to let me know what trivia nights are out there. I don't know the trivia nights in Oxford anymore. They used to have two-stick trivia, but two-stick is long, long gone. And I love doing that. Two-stick? Yeah, two-stick trivia. Two-stick sushi. Ooh, I yeah. like sushi. Yeah. Well, it's not there anymore. No, that's a shame. But yeah, I'd come down there for the right trivia. When does this podcast air? It's probably, as people are listening, Thursday right now. Okay. When we get off the air, I got something to tell you that might make you come to start. Oh, God. What a tease. Yeah. People are going to want to know what you want to talk about, so I guess i got to come back on Tuesday and tell them. Jeez. I'm a loyal man. Whenever I come to Oxford, I go to Gus's Fried Chicken. I don't now, get you at I know all. You but I need to go to this place, Southern Coop. Yeah, you'd like it. Would I like it? Yeah. You know Tom Evel with WCBI? Sure. He tells me it's great. He and I both love wings. And he said that A.J. Brown told him that's the best wings he's ever had. Really good. All right. Southern Coop. Is that Coop DeVille? Old Coop DeVille? I don't know. It's, right? on, it's on, uh, what is that street? Lamar? Yeah. It's not far from Gus's. I don't know if that's the same people, the Coop DeVille people, but I ate there recently and it reminded me of Coop. So maybe. Okay. Yeah. There's no way to transition to this, but I've been talking a lot of Ole Miss basketball. I had Ansu Cisse on this podcast on Tuesday. Uh-huh. What's State looking like? You know, one through five, I think they're really good. Now, Weatherspoon has to sit out the first 10 games. He's still part of that suspension from last year. He's part of the uh, – they haven't made the announcement. Nothing's formal, but I'll make a speculation here. They mentioned there was one basketball player. It's him. Okay. Um, so he's going to miss all of non-conference from what I can tell. But State's starting five – when you get into conference play, Weatherspoon, Tyson Carter, Robert Woodard, Reggie Perry, and Abdullah Du, they're good. That's a good starting five. What I don't know is six, seven, eight, nine. You got DJ Stewart, who redshirted last year, sort of a three-point guy. Uh, you got some, a couple of true freshmen uh, in, in Iverson Molinar and Elias King. You've got the transfer from Siena, Prince Aduro, who's a sort of a, a wingman. If they can get some depth, if they if they if their role players step up, they can be back in the tournament. I think that Ole Miss and Mississippi State basketball, if things fall right, could garner more attention than the football egg bowl this year. Okay. Have you seen these yeah, Ole Miss all, crowds? I guess we're, we're recording this on a Wednesday. I saw they had make Kermit pay. Yeah, brilliant idea by the way. Brilliant marketing. Like that. State should do something like that. The Pavilion's a nice facility too. Really, really nice. State's still a ways off from uh, from. They're not going to build a new facility. They're just going to renovate the hump, which I'm I'm interested to see how that goes. Having been to the Pavilion, and I went to uh, Auburn's new arena this past year. Yeah, you liked the just, Pavilion when you came up here. It's nice. It's a nice arena. I think Auburn's is nicer. That place is really really nice. But it makes me wonder how you're going to do it without blowing everything up and starting over. I don't know how State's just going to renovate the hump and have a modern arena. But the teams this year, and, and Ole Miss. I mean, Kermit Davis is just a good coach. There's just no getting around that fact. So he's going to win. Howland probably took a little longer, maybe a year longer than you would have you would have liked to have seen, especially although he recruited his second class. But, I mean, all those guys were gone. They're all gone. There's not a single one left from his class, the guys who should be, I guess, your your seniors this year. Or, you know, And even if they, if they had been one-and-done guys or two-and-done guys, it'd be different because you know, it would have had more success. But most of them just didn't pan out. Adu is, Adu is in that class. Never mind. you got one guy left. But Mario Kegler – transferred out now god knows what he's doing eli wright's gone schneider harrard's gone lamar peters is gone so does it bother state fans that kermit's the head coach at Ole Miss? no i don't think so you're an old school state fan does it bother you no people will say state should have hired 
Kermit Davis when they fired Rick Ray. Okay, and I mean, Kermit Davis, it would have been a good hire, no doubt. But Ben Hallen's resume, and that's all we got. That's all we can judge it off. We can't judge off of what's happened since. State had an opportunity to hire a coach who'd been to three Final Fours over Kermit Davis. That's just smart. At the time, that's that's the hire you have to make. If if Ben Hallen is interested in your basketball job in two thousand and, and uh, when was that two thousand and fourteen? Yeah, you have to hire Ben Hallen. That's just how it is. So is there pressure there, on him now? Yeah, I mean there is. I think the biggest pressure he gets is not from what Ole Miss is doing or anything. It's the women. Yeah. The women are so good, and they've become this thing at Mississippi State. State's averaging eight thousand for women's games. Men's games are getting like five thousand. State might have two games in a year where they get eight, nine thousand people for a men's game. One Ole of Miss, them is Ole Miss. Yep. Ole Miss. If you get Kentucky coming in, and Florida, and State goes to Kentucky and Florida next year, so those those teams will come in. So you know maybe LSU. I don't know. But that's it. Whereas the women will have 8,000 plus for basically every conference game. Golly. It's a phenomenon. And it's not going anywhere either. And that guy is a machine. Like, I like Coach Yo up there. She's done a great job. This is the hardest job in the SEC for women's basketball. It is. It is. And I think she's a good coach. And she can maybe have that program in the NCAA tournament. But she's not getting ahead of Schaefer. That's just not going to happen. That guy is, I've said this on my podcast, he's the best coach at Mississippi State. Period. History. Period. He's ahead of Polk. He's ahead of Jackie or Mullen. He's ahead of, of Babe McCarthy. No other coach in Mississippi State history has played a game that if they won that game, they'd have been the national champion. He's done it twice. If you could have one coach at Mississippi State back, who would it be? Well, Mullen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just not even close. He would have won 10 games last year. I think this year he might be in the same boat that, that Moorhead's in. He might be looking at a seven-win team. Bo- uh, your, your good friend Bob and I Love talked about that in like 2016. We said, hey, 2019 is going to be a transition year for Mississippi State because Fitzgerald's going to be gone, Simmons will be gone, and then you know when Sweat and all those guys came in, we're like, they're going to be gone. We knew that looking ahead, we're like, this is probably going to be a, a seven-to-five kind of year. The problem is we thought that 2018 was going to be a 10-win kind of year. And for Moorhead, when you have a disappointing season and then you add more disappointment, now you're trending downwards. Can't have that. So, yeah, Mullen is the correct answer, though. When's the last time you talked to Bob? Uh, just the other day. Oh. I text him every now and then out of the blue. I hadn't heard from Bob in a while. Well, that's too bad. Be the bigger man. Just shoot him a text. Hey, man, what's up? It's different now. Me and Brian are the I... only ones left of all that group. We really are. I saw our boy Austin Brown recently, though. Oh, there you go. I rank him in my top five Rebels. You're number one. <laughs> For a while there, I wasn't ranked at all. Before we actually got to know each other, yeah. You hated me. Hate is a strong word. How can you hate somebody you don't know? I don't know, but you pushed it. I did I did not hate you. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> stop. Super Talk treating you well? Oh, it's great. Love that job. Love uh, being part of, of, of the big voice of Mississippi. Richard is, is great. You know, I knew Richard already, obviously. But uh, I think our relationship has been really good. And I love Rippy. That dude is hilarious. That's one of the legitimately one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, he's he, he has comedic timing. He knows how to how to drop in with funny stuff. There are times on the show where you, if you tune in at the right moment, I'm literally about to choke. I'm laughing so hard. So it's not ideal, like, Brian. Not ideal. <laughs> it's suboptimal even. Suboptimal. Well, good. How can they listen to you, read your stuff, all that kind of stuff? Obviously, uh, on Sports Talk Mississippi, on your local Super Talk affiliate, uh, 3 to 6, Monday through Friday. Uh, and then the, if you uh, go to supertalk.fm or you can subscribe via any podcast service you want, you can uh, listen to the Thunder and Lightning podcast with me and Ben's other Bulldog friend, Joel Coleman of the Startville Daily News. Love him. And uh, I'll, I'll write something every now and then, and you can check that out at supertalk.fm. At Brian Haydad, don't follow him because his play-by-play is just God mind-numbing. I love it. I love doing it to you. Oh, my God. I don't follow you, though, because... You can't. I could. I follow Rippy. He's your co-worker. I'm not going to take offense to that. Do I follow any other, no. like, Ole Miss media source? No. Richard and, and Rippy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't take it personally. I don't really care. Twitter sucks. So, whatever. That's true. Yeah. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, Talk of Champions, and iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and anywhere you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. If it isn't a spot, hit me up at SpiritBen. Also write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. It's always fun to catch up with you, buddy. Let's do it again.
And also, if don't forget, if you go to review the Talk of Champions podcast, yep. five stars. You can say whatever you want in the comments section. Yeah. Call Ben a jerk, whatever, but five stars. Make it happen. People have taken that and run with it. The last five-star review I had, the comment mm-hmm. was, who farted? <laughs> I have something like that. But my, my, my average rating is like 4.9. I have a couple of, of people who didn't get the message, whatever. But everybody, I have some five stars like, this show's terrible. I hate it. That's fine. Hey, John Moxley's on my television. Oh, nice. Let's take out Kenny Omega. It's good. Enjoy that. Thank you, buddy. All right, man. Talk to you later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.